0: So, Chris, when you first saw this place, you fell in love with it and decided,
1: yeah, maybe I will be here,
0: huh?
1: Yeah, man. And why? I mean, well, I mean, this is Perpetual Harvest, which to me was almost like an urban myth. I had heard about it, but uh-huh. I had never seen it. And um, I know it was on the West Coast where we had these big-scale cultivation facilities. But in the East Coast, I didn't think it existed. And you just have so much control
2: over this system. I mean, you uh-huh. know, you put up... That's up. Sure. You put a clone on a slab and it stays on that same slab from veg all the way through flower. No one has to lift anything off. It's almost like an assembly line in a car factory. You're ergonomically placed. You don't really have to move. The plants move. You don't. And then, you know, as a cultivation nerd, to to be able to walk down that alley and see every week's different stage of of flower sets, I've never seen that in real life until I started working. That's incredible. Yeah. So how much are you this in this whole facility? This thing we do, right now we're doing three to 400 a week, but once we have the, the the sixth room up, we should be doing over 500 pounds a week. 500 pounds a, a week. week. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's 100, different,
1: 100 different? Yeah. Yeah.
2: And you know, if you need to slow down, you put a blank table between two rows. You want to grow 14 weeks sativas, you pull out the other plants that finish earlier. You have complete control over the growth cycle of the plant in this setup. It's incredible. It it truly is. I, I nerd out every time I come down here. Wow.
0: Hey, guys. Montel here. and Welcome to this edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. I am really excited about this podcast because I'm in a facility... ...that is one of a type, I'm telling you, one of a kind. I've seen facilities all over this country for the last 22 years. Really, there's a lot of perpetrators out there, and there's people who really get it done. And these are the people who are here at the part of the Green Care Collective. My guest today launched his career in the entertainment industry, believe it or not. He was a co-founder of the legendary production company, The Shooting Gallery. A lot of you may not remember that, but think real hard. It was an independent film company that really has been credited with launching the entire indie film boom in the early 1990s. With such hits like Sling Blade, you remember that? Yep, Sling Blade, and also Laws of Gravity. He launched a successful business in film, music, tourism, before entering into the cannabis business. In the cannabis business, he's experienced spans everything from launching national CBD brand, brand sorry, to helping to shape Vermont's cannabis laws to consulting with the Ben & Jerry's and their operation in Massachusetts. He's been recently taken, or he's recently taken the helm of as a CEO of Green Collective. He's here with us today, Mr. Chris Walsh. Thank you so much for being part of the show today, sir.
1: Thank you very much, Montel. It's an honor. And thanks
0: for hosting me, man. I really enjoyed the tour that uh, your staff put together for me a few minutes ago. This place, this place is killer.
1: Yeah, how can you not enjoy that I,
0: tour? Well, first off, you know, I, I even mentioned it when I walked up curbside. And I'm not saying this, I'm saying this to give you credit. You know, there's... A distinct smell that only grow facilities have. I'm not just talking about it, it's the pot smell. No, I'm talking about it's that residual scrub smell that came through the filters that includes some of the pheromones of the plant, some of the terpenes of the plant. And it's just this nice effervescent, you know, you stand. I like to just stand by your front door and just go... <sighs> sorry <laughs>
1: it's true though it's perspiration inspiration and terpene absolutely
0: no ifs ands or buts let's get to that in a minute let's go let's talk a little bit about you so people know who you are where are you from what's your background where'd you grow up where'd you go to school
1: so i'm a <clears throat> native new yorker born in manhattan lived in manhattan and long island until i was about 10 my dad was in the insurance business so like all good children of insurance executives you wind up in connecticut where all the uh, insurance headquarters are. Mm -hmm. So we moved from Long Island to West Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, I went to Ithaca College, but I also took about half my classes at Cornell because they're right next to each other and um, was into film early on. So did my communications film classes at Ithaca. I did all my humanities and writing and poly science stuff at Cornell gotcha. and didn't have to pay extra for an Ivy League. So I took advantage of That's it. That's great. Yep. My goodness. Yep. It's also where I started growing cannabis.
0: Ah, okay. So you were a cannabis enthusiast as a youth.
1: Yes, yes, Good. yes. <clears throat> I um my mom and my grandmother, my mom's mom, both big green thumbs growing up. And uh I started using cannabis relatively early, bathful, about, about, bathful. Still sort of seedy Mexican brown weed, sure um, right. lots or of seeds. Kentucky brown
0: weed, right, yeah Kentucky,
1: right, right. right. Actually, to be honest, I'm so old, i'm fifty seven. Um, first thing I actually smoked was hash. I smoked hash before I smoked cannabis.
0: i you know, I will I will back I'm a little older than you. And if you back up and go back in the day, um, I started smoking also about the same time you did <laughs> about age 13. You know what I mean? I remember it was very, very, very funny. I, I, I may have been, no, I just turned 13 and I literally, uh, I played in a band and some of my bandmates were, uh. You know sneaking out to the van and coming back in and i was like i'm going out with you no you're too young and all my bandmates were like 18 and older i'm the 13 year old no you're too young i said no i'm not too young i'm going out with you <laughs> and i went out one day and i never walked back i mean i literally i started i'm telling you i don't think i've gone a day since then without consuming a cannabis product
1: what was your instrument
0: um back then in the day i used to sing play bass play trumpet play a little nice. keyboard yeah. yeah it was a travel route it was kind of cool um yeah, but, but I, I started using cannabis and I think like so many other people who don't recognize the fact that, you know, we have this thing we call rec cannabis and we have this thing we call medical cannabis. I really am a proponent of the fact that A, anybody who gravitates with cannabis over alcohol or anything else is gravitating for some underlying medical reason, whether they want to admit it or not.
1: It's true. It's all medical. All
0: medical. If you want to relax when you come home from work, it's medical. You know, if you want to ease some of the pains from walking around, it's medical.
1: I say this, I have this conversation every week. You give me five minutes of your time and I will find the medical use that... The- you want to sleep better? Medical! Yeah, of course. You want to relax after work like having a... Correct. Right. It's That's and medical. You don't
0: want to do as much harm to your system because not like the foreign substance that alcohol is. This is a substance that your body actually creates itself through its own endocannabinoid system, its own unique to endocannabinoids. And you never smoked a joint in your life, folks. Listen to me. I can test you right now and I can find endocannabinoids in your body. They may not be as prevalent as they should be because you have not been antagonizing that system using cannabis. So, but they're still there. Every time you go owie, every time you kick your foot against the wall, one of your endocannabinoids is released. It's called anandamide, folks. They're starting to realize right now that there are certain spectrum diseases that may be due to a mandamine deficiency. Oh, my goodness. I'm talking about a medicine here again.
1: Yeah, man. We are hardwired for cannabis.
0: Correct. Most people don't know that. You have a system in your body. It's called the endocannabinoid system made up of receptors that actually literally respond better to certain forms of the cannabinoids. Um, they sp- respond really well to the acid form, but that's where you your brain will connect most of the CB1 connectors or receptors are in your brain cb2 are in your peripheral organs and throughout your entire body and as you use plant-based cannabis it basically activates that system a little bit better than it normally should or is operating anyway since like 1937 when we started to ban it because we used to always consume cannabis and most people in this country don't understand that so anyway, I can go no, on. We can go no, on.
1: I hear you, man. I mean, we've been on the right path with this plan for the last 5,000 years, meaning humanity. And then we took a bad detour for 80 years. But luckily, we're back on. And
0: let's, let's you know, I'm telling you, God, your, your lips to God's ears, it, I hope we're back on. But I am just so sick and tired. We can talk about this a little later, about just the reaction by some of our more senior legislators over the idea of cannabis because they are so caught up in wanting to maintain this ability to tell you what to do, tell you how to think, that they they know for a fact and have spent money on for the last, what, 50 years distributing cannabis at the national level. Folks, did you know that? Every single month from the University of Mississippi, a canister of cannabis comes out and is being delivered across state lines by the federal government to, now I think it's 3 Surviving members of the first group. Yeah. It's, really, uh, yeah. Really, it's, it's yeah. the worst. It's
1: really bad cannabis, by the way.
0: Dank, stank weed. Are you I've kidding me? It. Dude, I had. I've earl, seen it. You know, I've earl, seen right? it. Right? Uh, Brother Stahl, he gave me one of his canisters way back after it was emptied out, and there was some residual dreg in there. I literally had that tested, and it was like the most moldy, foul crap you could ever think of. And that's what our government is giving to people as, as medication. And they've been doing it. It's not like they've been doing it since last year. That's five years ago. The last 50 years! (laughs) I mean, it's like, uh, uh, how how can you not say you believe something works when you've been using our taxpayer dollars to distribute it, but you're going to turn around and say it's not efficacious and it shouldn't be made legal?
1: I will say this, and I'm not a conspiratorial person by nature, and a lot of the conspiracies around cannabis I kind of shrug off. The one that really got me, though, was, um, and it kind of circles back to what you were talking what we were talking about where you know i i don't like the term adult use i think all cannabis is medical right and when you look at big pharma when you look at the pie chart pie chart and you see market share of of what the drugs are that they make and what we're using in this country anti-anxiety you know the benzos 50 percent of what all the big pharma make, and they that's claim where they're, that they're that's rude, their bread and butter
0: you know uh, saving medication is anything that's anti-inflammatory and they're right yeah. but it doesn't have to come in the form of some powder that was made synthetically yeah. when we have anti-inflammatory capability right in that plant
1: i know but that's you can't it. you can't patent it though right and that's.
0: Nor do you need to, or nor should right. you have the right
1: to. Amen.
0: I mean, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, anyway, I'm sorry. Let's, yeah. let's no, no, but try. but,
1: uh, but it's, it's it's a valid one when you really look at the economics of it. And that is the one thing where everybody's scratching their head about federal. I know for, I mean, I in my heart, I know that Big Pharma is the one that's got their thumb on the scale. It,
0: it, if you don't know that, you need to step in front of the mirror and smack yourself right in the face. How stupid can you be if you do not believe that Big Pharma has been stopping? The proliferation of cannabis. It, 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 until they have figured out a way to synthesize some piece of trash that doesn't work right. so they can get their bucks out of it and make sure they charge you through the teeth for it, Pharma yeah. will never help. That's the reason why they, they hate us so much because there are countries around the world who are sick and tired of paying their prices who are starting to now recognize that cannabis works. And especially as a geriatric drug. Let's go back to college. What did you college degree in?
1: Uh, English lit and film production.
0: English and film production. So then, let's let's go forward. So you got out of college and went directly to work in the film television
1: industry. The day after I graduated, I moved back to Manhattan. I had missed it from you know my childhood and mm-hmm. I c- could not wait to get back. So I was working for a film producer two days after I got a my wow. senior year. Aaron Aaron Russo, who uh, managed Bette Midler. and his big movie was the rose and he also did trading places with eddie murphy i know
0: who that is i bet bet you did i'm positive i did Yeah.
2: yeah
1: yep and then he got out of film and was a libertarian and ran for governor in nevada and um you know got into all this conspiracy stuff about the federal reserve and the interesting thing is a lot of stuff he told me when i was his assistant about the gold standard and nine yep. eleven, and they, they, he told me some heavy stuff that all kind of came to fruition. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. Kidding. yep.
0: Well, you know, it's really funny though. I remember back. Shooting out, was around early nineties, right? Early nineties, yeah. Because yeah, I remember I, at least once trying to get in to pitch you guys.
1: Yeah, in I, it's incredible. Richard Gere, Al Pacino, Richard Lewis, everybody came in because everybody had a film right. that a studio as big as they were wouldn't make. Right. We knew how to make a movie for a hundred grand, right. so we 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 were really popular.
0: Yeah, you were pumping them out.
1: Yeah, and doing and, good stuff. Well, I'll tell you, we we actually. We, it was a bunch of guys that all were working on big studio films. Aaron had a seven-picture deal with Orion back in the day. They don't even exist anymore. Um, and I had this epiphany with this other guy from the shooting gallery, Larry Russo, who went to NYU. He's one of my interns. No relationship to Aaron, but um, we, you know, we're, we're joking one day on the set. We're like, everyone here is a producer. Every single part, you know, the sound guy's a producer. The craft services person is a producer. Uh, uh, uh script continuity woman is a is a no i'm sorry director not producer everybody's a director so we're like you know you have all these people that really want to be a director but they've got these other skill sets that you need for a film if we had a cooperative where we said all right Montel you know you you get to direct and, and I'll be your sound guy and and you know we we basically wrote these one pagers that were like a deferred salary like if if there's a slim chance that this movie ever sells, you'll get paid. And it and it worked, uh, and it worked. We had we had the production value that we used to get back then, with all the best of the best from the New York production world. It was amazing wow. what we could do.
0: And then so then uh, you're you're marching along smartly in the film world, making big bucks because some of these films did really really ugly well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What just twisted you and said, I think I'm gonna go back to home based cannabis. What what made you think about cannabis?
2: Well, I I
1: took a detour into to music um you know we we were we we were we were rebels and uh it was almost like that term jump the shark you know we were the bad boys of indie film we had swagger we could do stuff we would snicker at the the waste in the in the studio system and then when we did sling blade we jumped the shark and Mm -hmm. harvey weinstein got involved Mm -hmm. and miramax and talking about five picture dales and We all sort of wanted different things. And, uh, you know, a a, a ragtag group of uh, cowboys, uh, just we couldn't come to an agreement. I saw the writing on the wall. I segued, started a production company, started doing music videos and uh, commercials. And there was actually a lot more money in that than indie film.
0: And a lot more weed.
1: And a lot more weed.
0: Yeah, weed all the time.
1: Yep. Yep, yep. And then uh, doing all these music videos, uh, I really started working – exclusively with Electra and uh, Sylvia Rohn was the head back back then and, right. and uh, she gave me a lot of work. And so I got to understand the music business from doing all these music videos. And, you know, I started to see this, like the paradigm shift that everybody is seeing, which is that there was no more money in the recorded music, that it was all tickets and t-shirts. Right, that if right. you followed the money, it was concert tours and merchandise. Mm-hmm. So I just said to myself, I want to get out of New York Uh, I want a backyard. I want a dog. I want a fireplace. I want all the things I didn't have in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Um, where can I do this? I can do this in some other state. I'll, I'll look for a music venue because I realized the venues is where like the artist development was now happening because all the artist development in the big, the big majors was like going away because nobody was buying CDs. Right. So I figured, you know, if bands are going to work their, their shit out on, uh, on stage, I'd like to be a part of that. So my, my epiphany was I want to do the House of Blues, but for college towns. I want to do a, a branded venue with really good PA system and treating the bands right and recording and archiving all their material and then selling it back to them and sort of take tertiary college towns and, and have drop in the name of my venue. And this is before I found out that Nectar's up in Burlington was uh, for sale, which is where the band Fish got their start. Wow. Yep. Okay. So then nine eleven hit right after that. And I mm-hmm. said, you know, this is the universe talking to me. I'm going to jump on this venue. And I just moved out of Manhattan for the first time. You know, I hadn't been out of Manhattan in 20 years. Moved to the country, bought a venue, got a dog, got a fireplace, mm-hmm. had a big basement. Gotcha. And that basement was full of weed. There it is. There yep. it is. Yep.
0: And then what made you say, hmm, maybe I should just shift over and do this as a business?
1: So it was really interesting. The first thing I realized is with all these bands touring that the vermont brand itself was a brand of weed you know you use this term in wine appellation mm. meaning a location like bordeaux or sure. net, right so i was like huh vermont's kind of like an appellation um everybody every band every re- specifically reggae bands coming through like chris mine you got the good vermont green everybody hears about the green and I was like, you know, these bands, this reputation is like preceding us. Like, uh, why? Why is this? And all the bands talk on tour. And then I realized the as I started to talk to other growers, like any strain you ever wanted was in Vermont. And my theory is that because it's a big skiing uh, state, that it's sort of a rite of passage for kids to move out to. Northern California, like, like Tahoe, sure. for a year or two and say, I'm going to ski on the west, right? And right. ski boots, a great place you to always, be, You know.
0: always started if you're an East Coaster, you always start so I was on a snowboarder. I started yep, on the yep, East Coast. Yep. And then I ended up going out west. Yeah. Like, and I I went out west. Now, you know what? I did used to follow the green from Vermont. Yeah. That's, I used to I used to follow, every now and then I had a yep. friend who used to get me something. Yeah, yeah. I used to get me some, some key from up here. Yep. And... Um, But then I started going west, and of course, the Cali thing, you know, and then Colorado thing
1: that took to another planet. Plus, a ski boot's a great place to put a clone when you fly back to Vermont. Absolutely. You know, it's an interesting analogy, too, though, with these East Coast growers, though. I think East Coast Coast skiing and growing is very similar. You know, I grew up skiing on ice, right? And once I got to the west, it was like a piece of cake. You could say the same thing about outdoor growing. If you can grow in the east in these short seasons with these harsh climates, Mm -hmm. Growing out west or growing indoors is is, piece a, is a piece of cake, right? Uh, so, yeah, sort of sure. a parallel there.
0: there. Well, really, it was 2000, where you couldn't really find a decent CBD-laden plant because my client had been working for 20 years to grow the CBD out of the plant. Yeah. So you know you were finding things that had two, three percent. I was able to find someone who had some keef that they were trying to throw away because it was at the 14 percent right, mark for right. CBD, which was one of the highest yeah. ones I've said in the whole set. I had literally shifted over, started buying lots of different keys and then making salads out of them so that it met whatever my need was. And then once we started doing that, then I decided to venture into the business, started producing some product and have now over the course of the last, I don't know, really 14 years developed out Several different skews that I'm still working to try to get, you know, move forward. Hopefully, at some point down, we'll talk and see if we can do something together.
1: Yeah, man. Let's. I. I. Uh, I, I feel a feel a serious connection here, my friend. Oh, absolutely, my
0: friend. I think. I think. You know, honestly, looking at the way you guys have been approaching them, I, I just walked into a couple of rooms with more cultivars than I think I've seen in a single room in this entire time I've been in this industry.
1: We have over a hundred here at Green Care Collective. It's pretty impressive. It is impressive. Yeah. 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 We have some. We have some heavyweights.
0: And an understanding of what else we can do
1: with the plan. Right. right. Because there's so much more. I mean, I, I've, I've said this
0: over and over again. We are no further ahead than the Wright brothers pushing that plane downhill. Amen. I mean, we've just, the, first, and and part of the problem is that we're in an industry where everybody is so quick to stab everybody else in the back. Yeah. Where they need to realize that a rising tide is going to lift all boats. Take your time. There's, there's going to be, at some point in time, Cannabis, and not just because of its consumption use, will be at least a 3 to $4 trillion business. Oh, yeah. I, give it, I give it, give it 10 years. Once they really, 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 really dial in the fact that cannabis fiber graphene holds more electricity than graphite, there's two publicly traded power companies right now that are looking at making batteries. Right. And those batteries we know would probably work better than the lithium-based batteries.
1: It's an incredible plant, right? I mean, no matter what.
0: 2,500 different uses. Yeah. So that means that, that give it 40 years, this is going to be 4 or $5 trillion.
1: Dollars. And hundreds of terpenes and cannabinoids can't, that we don't, e- we don't even have names Don't on
0: even, yet. no. Yeah.
1: No. Can't, I know.
0: can't even begin to understand.
1: That's a great analogy, though. I, I'm going to use that one if you don't sure. mind. It's Absolutely. basically, it's where, you know... Air air travel was when the Wright brothers. The boy, they
0: were running down a hill pushing a wooden plane. Come yeah, on now. Yeah, no, I know. We got jet engines. Yep. We go Mach 3. It is a great time to be alive, though. It's a great you, time you to be alive. Say. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And I think one of the things that, that, you know, this industry is in dire need of. And I, I think you take on it. I mean, I think we've done an incredible job in the last <laughs> fifteen years. I mean, come on. To be at a point right now, what I think we are at 39, or is it 40 states and the District of Columbia? Yeah. Because no, right. Alabama just went yeah. two weeks ago. <laughs> Alabama! That's a reality show. Come on now. <laughs> and, I'm, and I told you, I'm about to have product in the marketplace in Georgia. Another reality show. Come on now. I, I can't, telling, It's just a trip.
1: I can't wait to hear about it's, that.
0: It's going to have Mississippi already yeah. passed, I think, medicinal. You know, where Tennessee's probably going to still be another three to two to three years, even though we know that most people don't. Recognize that, folks. It's really funny when you think about cannabis and you think about the history of cannabis. Most people completely ignore the fact that Kentucky, Tennessee, was one of the biggest grow areas in America for about 15 years. That was in the latter part of the 40s, early mid 50s, and early 60s. They had something down there called the Cornbread Mafia. Yep. And a lot of times, when people thought up and down the East Coast that that ragweed that you got in newspapers was coming from Mexico. No, it wasn't. The paper came from Mexico,
2: right. but, the
0: weed, but the weed came from Kentucky. And, you know, that one of the biggest weed busts in the history of America took place in Kentucky. So, you know, this is not something that's just come about in the last 10 years. It's there, but now Kentucky is the holdout. You know, here you got Mitch McConnell goes and changes the law for the the farm bill because he wanted Kentuckians to be able to, be, to Grow hemp, but he won't let his people be free and and have access to medicinal cannabis, even.
1: Limited terms in the Senate, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Oh, please. Not only that, but let's I'm so sorry. I I I really enjoy a phrase. Why can't we demographically lead ourselves? Why is it that this generation has to be led by people? I, I ain't knocking Age and wisdom, it should be incorporated in every facet of our society. But that doesn't me we're the ones in charge.
1: Well, it wasn't, you, you didn't get rich being a politician 200 years ago, right?
0: And now that's where you can go back to, watch this, you can even go back to, hmm, go back to 1976. 1976, approximately 50% of our Congress and Senate had worn a uniform. And less than 2% were millionaires. Now, we got less than 3% that have worn a uniform and probably 80% that are millionaires because they took the, the harnesses off. They said, go ahead, buck wild, do whatever you want. You can make deals with anybody.
1: Right. And now we're working for them. And
0: that's the reason why a lot of the decisions that are being made right now are being made, and we can we'll get to that. That's whole. That's another, another podcast. podcast, correct? Yeah. So now let's talk about. you are now here with the Green Care Collective, yeah. and what's the goal? What's what's what do you see next couple of years?
1: I'll tell you, I um, I just came off that project with Ben from Ben and Jerry's yes. doing um, B three, where we're using uh, terpenes. Uh, And low THC to Mm. to give you very specific psychoactive effects. And um, we were going to launch in Massachusetts before we decided to launch in Vermont. And the Vermont adult use program was on the heels in Massachusetts. So we were like, you know what? It's my home state. It's Ben's home state. Let's do it in Vermont. But I had spent a lot of time in this market vetting people, looking for partners, looking at a lot of outdoor cannabis because we were looking for low thc and if i couldn't find outdoor i'd have to dilute it with cbd and cbg which Mm -hmm. isn't the worst thing in the world so i met i met a lot of people in massachusetts and i realized that mass was doing things right um i sort of had a little bit of a um envy being up in vermont because we were a little slow to the adult use game so i stayed in touch with a lot of people down here and then um Buddy of mine reached out and said, Hey, uh, there's this incredible place called Green Care Collective, state-of-the-art facility. They have a lot of their own in-house brands. Um, looking for a new guy that really understands brands. And that's that's kind of how I came up in the game. I was always, always making brands. Mm -hmm. Um, and I came down here and similar to you, I had a similar look on my face when I get out of the cultivation facility. I was just like, Man, I have never seen anything like this on the Mm -hmm. East Coast. I I thought I was in California or Arizona Absolutely. I mean just the scale and uh the <clears throat> thoughtfulness of the way the building was Absolutely. put together I mean this thing is uh I always say it's like a it's like a Ferrari it's a it's a Ferrari and you no know about. and uh I'm a car guy so the opportunity to drive yeah. a Ferrari was was extremely tempt- tempting um I you know really impressed with the staff very impressed with the genetics um the infrastructure I mean this thing's just built for speed and inexpensive flour and just huge potential and it,
0: it, again because you're just scratching the surface there we have not even again i've only yet begun to fight you know one of those crazy old statements yep. i mean truthfully you still got a blank canvas
1: totally and that's I mean, exactly it, what it is absolutely
0: you know? and there there are ways to do there are there are delivery systems that or just waiting yep. to get on the show. Yep. And you know, I'm excited about the fact that there's an opportunity. Maybe, you know, let's, let's we ought to sit down and chat about a few of those because I can tell you, I got some game changer.
1: Well, we uh, we got a bunch of stuff offline to chat about. Cool. Yeah, yeah man. Sure. So, so, you know, and, and then in my career, I had had a couple of successes back to back and I think I was getting a little fat and lazy and complacent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh you know just like working your core your body's core you, you do things to keep you off balance and that gets your core i i firmly believe that there's a cognitive core yes. and you really got to stay off balance and you got to stretch and you got to stay you got to put yourself in an uncomfortable positions so if i looked you at don't innovate you stagnate amen brother there you go and i looked at this as a huge challenge with enormous potential and i <laughs> love the owners and i have a lot of faith in the staff and I think that our in-house brands are phenomenal. And then, you know, to sort of blend that in with some outside brands like you like yourself, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. we can, we have the right infrastructure to bring in a brand and, and really deliver on it. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it was an opportunity of a lifetime.
0: I think so. And, you know, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about, you know, again, from a B2B standpoint, I think this industry has done better than, There's no other industry that really comes close to it right now. I mean, we know for a fact that this was the fastest growing industry in America and uh, what we did over $25 billion in sales in 2025, I'm sorry, 2021, which was only really... A third of what the entire market sales are in the entire country, because that was an illegal market. We right, did twenty five right, billion
1: dollars in right, sales. We right.
0: sold more cannabis than we sold milk.
1: But think about those metrics when you consider that there's no interstate commerce and that the federal Correct. banking. Think, think about that, about that, that right? Like, we we have ankle weights on right now.
0: It's absolutely ridiculous. So what do you let, let, let's let's break that down. What do you think it's going to take? What, I'll, 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 I'll I'll ask you, and I'm gonna throw some out at you. But what do you think it's going to take to Break the back of the Fed, make these. Yeah, you know, look, I'm telling you, I, I, I. Maybe you can come hit me upside the side of my head in about three months and say ah, you didn't get that right. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to hear it out of the mouths of multiple candidates what they intend to do with cannabis when they get in an office. And, first, and when you hear it out of the mouth, folks, hear me, they are lying, <clears throat> lying. They're just trying to get your vote, <clears throat> same way that you know, Biden and. Harris ran around the country lying. Yeah. In ten months we're going to make some significant changes to industry. Right. You know, mm, it's crazy. And I'll guarantee you that on the other side, at least three or four of the ten are gonna say, I'm gonna legalize it within the first time. Shut up! Quit lying to us. What do you really think though it's gonna take? See, I, I'm 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 one that thinks that until this industry gets out of its own way, comes together. And regroups around the idea of lobbying in Washington, D.C.
1: That's exactly right.
0: The same way that, what was it, Peter Lewis, who started MPP? Right. What his dream and goal was. The same reason why Soros and, wasn't it, Branson and one other came together with DPA. When all these guys put the together and were moving forward, paying for a lobbyist to go down and shake... Some of DC's thunder, we were making progress. Man, now I, we're I, too busy trying to buy the next yacht.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I, I, everything you're saying, I have so many thoughts about this. But you know, the the ones that I sort of meditate on are a lot of people will say, well, the feds are still trying to figure out how to get their piece, and they're going to like ride the brake until they do that. But you know, you consider 280e tax penalties, and they're getting their piece. They got their piece, right? That it. That's so, not it. Um, the other thing I feel is you've got these guys, Mitch McConnell and, and you know, the octetarians and 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 they're not personal users. They didn't come up in a generation where everybody's using and actually has data and facts. So like the 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 conservative, the the the, uh, the groups behind, like, Policy for a Drug-Free America, this fear-mongering, right. it's still easy to sell that to a 70-year-old senator.
0: But see, but that's why this industry, you know, I, I really I love the opportunity to shout with you because you are a person who's born, you know, in the pedigree in the world of communicating stories. Mm. This industry's got to stop for a second pull some money and let's go back to telling those buttheads in Washington DC some stories. I'm telling you during the mid-90s, I probably spoke at Congress six, seven times. Yeah. At different forums down there yep. on the issue of cannabis. Uh, you know, I was all over this country doing that. And then all of a sudden I stopped. We stopped going down there to lobby and have allowed Pharma to continue to do so. And they are liming us right out the door.
1: You want to hear my personal take, Montel, Mm -hmm. and why I think the psychedelic movement is now leapfrogging cannabis? Yeah. Right? It was legal. mm -hmm. There was data. There was the efficacy of cannabis, people using it for specific needs, is much more uh, commonplace these days. So Mm -hmm. I'm just hoping that when Congress and the Senate and Everybody, all everybody's constituents are screaming like we're all using this. Like, you know, I, I, I think we'll get to a critical mass where I hope fifty percent of the politicians making decisions are actually cannabis users. I just think these old guys are getting duped. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Well, I tell you something. If they if if we could put together a funding request to create a new shooting gallery. And then let that shooting gallery start. You know, it it, it blows my mind that when I watch, I watch so many of these stream service bullshit, you know, series shows. And all the the heroes or heroines in those stories come home, go back to an apartment. They all have a fifth of brown liquor that they pour into a glass at least three fingers thick. And they are banging it back throughout the entire episode. Whoever the star is, I don't care what the show is, there's always a brown liquor being Now, they don't say, oh, do we want to have a drink, drink, and do it. Organic. They come in the house, pour it. Glass. Why can't we have more visuals of me coming in the house firing up a bowl? Coming in the house, firing up a pre-roll. And don't make a big deal about it. I just grab a pre-roll, put it out. Yeah, I got a call, make make it part of the organic life. As it is known.
1: We got to start this network. We got to. I'm brother. with you. I'm, I'm you, with you. I will,
0: I'm I, will, I, will, I will put my name go out and raise the money and get this done.
1: Scrub the stigma right off. Immediately. Every show.
0: Immediately. Every show. I'm in. Uh, I'm with you. All right. I will you that. We'll be knocking on doors tomorrow. Uh, you know, so look, I mean, you got a lot of plans for you. You're expanding in the white label area. You're also expanding in your own brand area.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, we, uh, you know, I mean, we can really make anything we want here, and we've got the skill set and and the management. I mean, we, we really have a best-in-class facility, not just the infrastructure, but the people that work here. So, you know, with our sales team and being in over 100 dispensaries, we have the unfair advantage of, really hearing what the market needs and really basing things on markets demand and then being able to come back here in a vertically integrated dynamic and basically make anything we want. Yeah. I mean, the potential here is, is it's unlimited.
0: That's incredible. Well, look, you know, I, it's been exciting. Anything you want to add?
1: Uh, what do I want to add? I would like to add, yeah, there's a couple of things I'd like to add Montel. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I, am gonna this is a call to action that especially in the state of massachusetts people have to stop determining quality of cannabis based on the total available cannabinoids i mean all you hear in this state is give me something 30 percent 32 percent the
0: stupid your body ain't gonna absorb it that way that you think
1: well it's true though i mean you know I, i talk to people that are getting anxiety attacks. And it's like, you know, if you're smoking 32% THC, first of all, you're pushing out the terpenes because there's a give and take between terpenes and cannabinoids. And you're you're bumping up your THC so that you're getting that predominantly. That's not how the plant's meant to be used.
0: You know, that's the reason why, again, I formulated the Inspire by Montel. And Inspire, I'm doing formulations of 90% THC, 10% CBD. I put that CBD back on top. Along with special terpenes, see if I can literally alleviate some of that anxiety, some of that anxiousness. And what it does is it basically puts a break or takes the break off. So what happens is I tell people, if, you, if you've tried mine here in Massachusetts, you know, uh, my energy, slow as you go. Because I've taken the break off. You don't realize how euphoric you're getting. Yeah. Until you already got
1: there. The so Ben, ben Cohen slogan is slow smokes, get there slower. There you go, slow as you go.
0: So that's what I always say. So, and then, you know, I think you're absolutely right. The fact that we have done so much to try to breed again the minor cannabinoids out or breed them down to non existence, we've literally destroyed even the euphoria that you get.
1: Exactly. The plant is not being presented the way it's Correct. supposed to be used. No, Here's so another one quickly. Mm-hmm. You're a CBD guy. I'm a CBD mm-hmm. guy. Let's bump this 0.3 threshold up, right? You, well, I've been to multiple symposiums where I've asked DEA people directly, they, why they, is it 0.3? They and don't they're know. Like, no, they say, we knew 0.3 was not psychoactive. But- Point One, two, three percent is not psychoactive, and that actually that THC will modulate the CBD.
0: Absolutely, and not only that, not only that, but at that three percent THC, you know, it depends on your endocannabinoid system whether or not that might give you a little euphoria. You might. Well, first off, let's back up and remember: from eight, well, sixteen seventy on, probably every person who lived in this country was smoking a four percent three percent hemp plant all day long because remember folks let's go back there was no air conditioning there were no beds yep, yep you went out you had to go you know take a dump you went out and wiped your yep. butt with a leaf come yeah, on now yeah, yeah so the truth is we always consume hemp to deal with just our environment you know i think there's a you know, a supposed, we don't know if it could be anecdotal or it's true, but, you know, there's a, a statement attributed to Jefferson as having stated that, you know, the, one of the best things in his life was sitting on his back porch smoking a hemp cigarette.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we all know what that means. Correct. I got one more for you, Montel. Sure. Do I have time? No, you This one's the most, on, important, most important. Most important. Yes. Why is there not a single cannabis control board in any state that is incentivizing organic growers? Why don't you get 50% off your license if you prove that you're going to grow organically, considering the horrible carbon footprint of cultivation?
0: Let me tell you something. That's one of those missions that we ought to get on, my friend.
1: It's astonishing to Get me. on it.
0: I'll get on it with you and let the world know. It's time for us to start paying attention.
1: You're doing God's work. So you, said.
0: So look, thank you so much for being here. I'm speaking with Chris Walsh, who is the CEO of Green Care, collective in massachusetts these guys have products in what well over 100 dispensaries yeah, in and, massachusetts.
1: and climbing every week right yeah right? we love you montel and uh we got a lot of other good products coming out and anybody coming to massachusetts i will give you a personal tour come on by gcc in Millbury, mass and uh we will take you on a tour
0: absolutely knowledge is king make sure you tune into the next let's be blunt with montel thanks for joining me on let's be blunt with montel Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview
2: of one of our other shows.